1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is officially back.
2: We
1: we, we took a break last time we talked, Chris. It was was exploring trade opportunities (laughs) last week. Uh, Marcus Smart was a member of the Celtics. Uh, We were throwing around Malcolm Brogdon deals, Peyton Pritchard deals. We weren't wrong. Um, But (laughs) now we have We're a week later The Celtics have made five trades
2: Five and two-thirds of a trade
1: Five and two-thirds of a trade, excuse me In 48 (laughs) hours I I didn't even get that at first, well done Yeah, And then (laughs) now And we're still a week away from free agency So Mm -hmm. I have to The the dust is settled We're roughly 36 hours out From the Marcus trade Smart trade going down and I want to start there for a few because that's this is the the biggest story. Of the okay, you know, yeah. and is them pulling the trigger on this, how they're doing it, what they got for it, what they're getting back. We talked about it on the Celtics Talk Pod a bit, but things obviously have changed since then. What? Just what a little where bit. are you? Where are you at now? Thirty-six hours out.
2: <sighs> I'm still I'm still at the the, the uh, what I hope is the sort of tail end of the uber emotional like. I didn't, I mean, we, we all knew going into the off season, how many times did we write that one of, or at least one of Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart and Derek White was not going to be back. And I think we all knew Derek White was the least likely to be moved, that it felt that Malcolm Brogdon was the most likely to move and that, you know, there was some weirdness that could happen that Marcus Smart would be moved. It's still just the way everything played out made it a little bit more surprising and jarring when at the stroke of midnight on, Thursday morning, I guess, uh, we find out that Marcus Smart has headed to the Grizzlies. And well, if you would brace yourself for like, OK, I get it. They have to move on from Brogdon, all this sort of uh, second apron stuff. But now to have to include Marcus Smart just made it so much more uh, jarring to a fan base. And, you know, just everything that they've been through with Marcus Smart and the the, the, the admiration that the fan base has for him. It, it, it's just going to take some time to get past that. And that wound will be reopened whenever the Grizzlies come to town. I understand it. Um, I still don't think it's ideal. And yet, like undeniably, uh, I think if you start putting the pieces together, deals like that don't just magically materialize. <laughs> and that uh, the Celtics probably maybe had a secondary move after, if they were going to trade Malcolm Brogdon, it does complicate what happens from here. But my, my long winded way of, of saying not ideal, but I get it. The, the hall is pretty good. And at some point I'll be able to just kind of focus on the Porzingis part of it and the pick part of it. But right now you just sort of, Hey, I can't, you, the, the, the reason your podcast is named is, uh, is leaving town.
1: Right. And I, you know, we'll, we'll have to put it to listeners in terms of whether you the adjustment being made or not, but on that mm. front, but no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, the rumors were just so loud that it was, you know, That Brogdon, I think everyone in the Celtics fan base had mentally prepared, okay, this is like it's Brogdon. Like that's you know, and then it was was that 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 silence and during that hour to two hours where everything was up in the air. And but this was always like you said, this was always on the table. This has been on the table for the last couple of off seasons at various to various degrees here. Mm -hmm. And I honestly look at it now, the more I look at the deal is like this was just too good of an offer to turn down and with sure. the fact when you consider the fact that they kind of put themselves in the corner here with how they align lot, And then if you want to look at it from that picture of like bad luck of Brockton's, Brockton's injury, but you can just go back to last summer now being like, okay, like they, they just traded for an extra guy. They didn't need and It gave them extra flexibility to do mm-hmm. this, but ultimately that deal you know maybe been the beginning of the end of Smart's tenure when especially when this new cba came out
2: and that's and i think that's more the 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 general storyline here is the more like every team in the league is going to be confronted with tough decisions now about who is your core who are you riding forward with and you know when we were talking about it on on celtic stock like the the one thing that didn't make sense to us is there was a report that the celtics were already going to kind of embrace extension options with porzingis and we're like how like It felt like it was supposed to be a a one year rental and that gives you the flexibility to sort of address things next summer when Jalen Supermax kicks in and and when tougher decisions have to come. I think it's pretty clear now, like they've got to pave the way to somehow carry three gigantic salaries because the plan sure seems to be that Jason, Jalen and Porzingis are the long term plan and then you're going to figure out the supporting cast around them. And man, that gets tough when you start looking at the cap numbers. And I don't even know exactly how you can you can make it work. Uh, but I guess they're just like, you know what? We're gonna see how it looks, we're gonna pay the money to make that the the long-term plan, and then we're just gonna figure it out.
1: Or we're gonna have enough second round picks to move off of right. that what the deal we want to move off of at and due time. But yeah, it is it's certainly, I mean, the sellers can offer boursing us the extension. Uh, I believe July, you know, the start of free agents, you know, end of the moratorium, July 6th, July 7th, it's, it'll be, I mean, we won't know until then in terms of like how much those sides have talked already, if, well, there's something that's under their hat already or whether this is a situation where both sides say like, well, all right, let's, let's, let this play out. Obviously Porzingis probably wants things right. He's a seven foot three guy with coming off right. an ACL tear like five years ago. He's going to want to get that locked in, but whether or not, the Celtics are have their book set up for that. Uh, as you lose, it's probably going to depend on a lot of what happens here in the next week. Let's go down the line here. You talked to Brad Stevens one on one, which will be up on NBC Sports Boston, the Celtics Talk podcast on Friday here. What what stood out to you in that conversation? And what there's a lot of layers here beyond the line in terms mm-hmm. of Smarts gone, Malcolm Brogdon is back. For now? For good? <laughs> I don't know. What's the deal there? And, I mean, what what, what stood out to you most about the conversation there?
2: So, so, so a couple things. Like, one, I mean, you can tell how stung Brad is having to deal smart. He talks a lot in the interview about when you've coached someone, you have that relationship, and now to move to that spot. And in much the same way that, like, the Isaiah Thomas situation tore at him, but at least then he was the coach. You know, it, <laughs> it wasn't him making that decision, right? Like, it's like, hey, Danny's trading me, man. Like, it's not my thing now it's him making that decision he the, you know he actually talks about like almost very similar to isaiah he's like I'm, I'm there comes a point where you have to say like yes we're making this move and there was a pause there because he just didn't know if he could uh if he could make it but uh you know so there's just a the human side of all of this and he really loves marcus smart loves and trust like the love and trust era um so that was really hard for him the other hard part now is having to walk it back with malcolm brogdon and so uh Uh, brad alluded to it i think a little bit last night but i kind of gave me a little bit more info here it sounds like they're going to give brogdon four to eight weeks on the advice of doctors to rest this arm with hopes that you know that's enough to get him in a spot where they don't have to go in surgically um but yeah like it's it's obviously still on the table uh and uh and figure that out but brad said he talked with malcolm and uh they're, they're hopeful that you know I, like from this isn't Brad, this is me like however this plays out, you know like I think there's a really good chance he's back. you know it's gonna be harder to move him given the, all the circumstances at play here and the health issue. Uh, so if he is back, I think Brad continues to say that they expect him to be you know what he was last year and a really impactful player the the, the, the caveat to all of this is that having that 22 million dollars back on your books, really complicates things it pretty much eliminates a a lot of avenues in terms of like grant it 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 puts a squeeze even on just using the taxpayer mid-level and so it's I, i wouldn't be surprised if they're still pondering what's out there but i mean we were going through it and trying to find a brogdon trade before the clipper deal and it was tough I think it got, a, I think it got a lot more difficult. And, and I think they're hoping that, you know, Brogdon is uh, a true professional if, if he is back here.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they probably, they know, it, it would seem like right now that they don't have a option until free agency starts here because all these teams are going to want to see, okay, who do we get? Who might have cap space left over? Um, But they did set themselves up here a little bit with these deals and with their draft night deals right. to, to have, okay, we have the extra ammo here if we see f- an opening that we like with Brogdon that lets us go after player X, but no, it's like Brogdon is still, with, with Smart out now, like, yeah, there of course there's a there's a, there's a a role for Brogdon on this team mm-hmm. and is it the contract you want to fit everyone else in? Not necessarily, but you're not going to just like give up assets to give that up at this point without having a viable alternative in place, whether that's alternative is in place is Grant Williams or something else like that. I guess that's the interesting question for the next week.
2: And I, I think if you're, if you were being honest, like who is more likely to play next season, Malcolm Brogdon or Grant Williams? Well, last okay. year suggests that Joe Missoula is far more likely to play Malcolm Brogdon. So if ultimately that's what it comes to, I think they'll, they'll live with it. The problem is you, you got to get off that money by the summer of 24. And uh, so it's, it's just going to put a little bit of a squeeze on you at a time when a lot of teams around the league are looking at that second apron and going, Oh, we need to, we need to move. And so uh, that deal falling apart has complicated matters for the Celtics. And what I'm sure they're still thrilled with the potential of what happens with Porzingis just adds another layer to this off season and, and how it's built. But yeah. Uh,
1: What's your guts yeah, you, what would you do in this situation? Like, are you, are you prioritizing me Like, listen, this is going to be awkward. Like we're going to have to deal them anyway. Eventually. Like let's, yeah. let's rip off aid, Or do we say like, Hey, like, we can still, you know, he was pretty good last year for us. We won't overuse him again. Um, Derek's going to be starting. Like, let's, and then maybe we are, if things go well, we can keep him or we can flip him at the deadline if we need right. to.
2: So uh, I thought one of the more interesting lines from Brad last night was when he noted, uh, you know, I uh, I don't, I, I, I haven't used any first round picks and I don't, <laughs> it's going to be a while. And that to me was just like maybe a little hint that, that maybe more first-round picks could be spent to uh, tidy up this roster situation. So I think you're always still looking for uh, a potential because, again, the long-term implications of it are complicated. That being said, it's not the worst thing if he's back. I think the other thing at play here is, do they have another shoe to drop with the point guard position? Like, let's say in a vacuum that they were going to make that Porzingis-Brogdon trade, but they had the smart deal on the back burner. Right. Was was Tyus coming to Boston in that instance? You know, was there uh, was he being redirected to a third team? But they had a plan to add another point guard. Are you just riding with with Peyton Pritchard in an expanded role this year? So some of that factors into the decision as well. It's like, do you need another guard? Is it just okay instead of getting a, a, a someone that maybe had a shorter term deal that we could could have slotted? Like, is it just riding with with Brogdon now and figuring that that money part of it out? But yeah, like I just think it's uh. It, it's interesting to try to connect all the dots.
1: All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com/boston to join today. Now right now fallen during the MLB season, the Red Sox have been up and down. It's been a rough run for them lately. And to be honest, if I'm looking at bets on the Red Sox right now, their offense has been terrible lately. So I'm betting the under on those run totals in a lot of these games lately because the days have not been putting anything on the board. But you can check those out and a bunch of other possibilities. And don't forget your chance to make your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up. Fanduel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks use of permission. 21 plus and present in math. First online real wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling, line, gambling Helpline, ma.org, or call 1 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 gam 1234 And now back to the show. All right. Let's wrap up on this. Just like the roster as composed right now. It's like you there's work to be done here. What but you can kind of you go in all sorts of directions here in mm-hmm. terms of where you want to like go at. They drafted a, a wing. It looks like a defensive minded wing at, at 38 here in Walsh. Um, I assume he'll be on the 15 man roster next year. He looks young, but certainly that's like a, that's a need that they have on this roster. Like just that low cost, low cost defensive upside guy who may or may not be ready to play. We'll find out in summer league, but that's, you know, that, you know, will at least be one slot of to to build some wing depth, which is clearly needed there behind Jason and Jalen. But mm-hmm. like where do you go right now, like in terms of recalibrating this, assuming that, you know, the the market for Brogdon is not there.
2: Yeah. And that's I guess where, where my mind goes is like, okay, so let's just assume that they're gonna have to carry Brogdon, that, that's gonna increase your, you know, tax ramifications, but it also means you're you're definitely moving on from Grant you're exploring sign and trade options, but short of a second round, another second round pick, which like get ready, loving it here in Boston. Uh, You know, I don't know if you're necessarily getting more than that. I don't think you're getting back a rotational piece, at least without compromising your ability to then use the taxpayer mid level. So which gives you the better option? Like, can you sign and trade grant to Dallas and get something back that is more helpful than what you could have got at, at the taxpayer mid level. And that's just like, that's just where it is. And uh, even with the taxpayer mid level, like, you use it now you're hard capped and now it's like, you gotta be, you you can't get up. I don't know. It just, it gets really difficult to, uh, to, to maneuver during the season. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I guess my, I guess my inclination is short of a Brogdon deal materializing. I'm not sure there's something that's going to knock our socks off. That's going to happen from here. I think it's just trying to find one more piece with the small assets that you have remaining, And, you know, whether that's a another big that, you know, Joe feels comfortable leaning on and and sparing some of the Porzingis, Rob, Al, especially on nights where they all can't play Um, or, you know, another big wing. But like maybe maybe they just feel like Walsh can be that guy. And if if, if he shows a good summer and I don't know, like, am I am I am I crazy to think like I I just don't see the roadmap to any any big craziness moving forward. And yet. It certainly feels like something, there's another shoe to drop at some point.
1: For sure. And I think, I mean, you, and you know, it's like it has that, it goes through Brogdon. Yeah. And what the question is, I think that, well, the front office will have to have right now has been like, and I think we look at Brad's track record. He likes to make some of these, he likes to make his bigger moves in the offseason. You mm-hmm. know, outside of the Derek White deal, he likes to do like, he, he wants to start fresher. So it's like, do you have something now? Can you find something now in the next week or two where you're you have this extra ammo now that it's expendable draft pick wise where you can get that done? And I think that's probably their I imagine their top priority. Like I alluded to like were these simultaneous deals with Brogdon and Smart that were gonna go on. Like I think it's a like I think it's a very reasonable possibility here based on the, the timing of how it worked out. And so now the question is can you get that done? And I think they're better positioned to get that done now after draft night. The question is, you know, hmm. what, how does the market play out?
2: Second round pick. So hot. So hot right now.
1: Gotta get them. Get them while they're hot. All right. Chris Forsberg, <laughs> sports Boston. Thank you for coming on after a 48 hour odyssey for the, uh, for the agency. <laughs> here. and I'm glad that our Celtics talk pod on poor is kind of held up.
2: Still get all the views. That's all. Exactly. That matters, yes.
1: like <laughs> um, go get some rest. We'll talk to you uh, once free agency kicks off here. All right, joined now by frequent guest co-host of the Winning Plays pod, Ryan Bernardoni at Danger Cart on Twitter. And the vocal majority of the Celtics fan base were not pleased with the Celtics deciding to move on from Marcus Smart on Wednesday night in a blockbuster three-team deal. I would put Ryan Bernardoni. are you number one on that list? Number two on that list? Where would where, where you put your standing in terms of uh,
0: people hurt by this move? Well, I mean, I've been I've been following the Celtics for thirty five years, something like that. Um, back to the era where, like I, where I grew up, we didn't have cable and I couldn't watch the Celtics. So I've been following the Celtics since they uh, existed, mostly in my imagination from newspaper box scores. And Marcus Smart's probably my favorite player. Um, for for that period of time, I mean, maybe Paul Pierce. Um, and they traded him for one of my least favorite players in the league. Um, so I'm pretty high on the list of people who are unhappy in terms of just purely my own fandom and enjoyment of the team and the league and the sport and watching the games every night. Um, for that reason, um, I, I don't completely understand it or see the vision for making this trade even on the court, but yeah, primarily they traded Marcus Smart. And they traded him for Christoph Porzingis. And um, there's not really a way to make me happy about that.
1: Will, would a subsequent moves in the next week or two do that? Because I feel like. No. That they're at least <laughs> positioned to be able to do that in theory.
0: I, I think that they can do things that will make it make more sense on the court. But I mean, they, there's no way to be like, oh, you traded the player who's been here for nine years and has been in the playoffs nine times and has been fantastic in the community and great to everybody. And you traded him for like a guy who everybody doesn't like who nobody seems to like, like his former teams don't, his former right. teams fan bases don't. <laughs> Hasn't like, he's well. got like, let's just, you can, it's a weird situation where there's some amount of more to it than it, but like he's got a rape allegation in his past. Like i have just not, Jazz to have to root for that player instead of Marcus Smart. So can they do things to shift some stuff around in the roster and, like, improve some of the problems that I think that they're going to find that they have once games get really difficult in the playoffs? Yeah, but, like, so? <laughs> I, I don't care in a certain to, an, to a certain extent as a fan and somebody who's been watching the team for so long and following the team for so long to like there's just more to it than that, so that, that there's not like a resolution to that problem. No, I think. You know, on the other it. hand, I know you have a different relationship with the team. I, I, you know, you know, where what are your thoughts on it? Maybe from the other side of it, from like what they've done. Yeah, and...
1: from the, I mean, from a from a baseball perspective, I thought I think this certain thinking that more is to come here. I think this is a deal. Yeah, you would have been foolish to turn down because I think this is the... For as painful as it may be from the from a, the the story of what what smart is the the tenure he's had, there's obviously been plenty of ups and downs, but the his everyone around the organization clearly loves him um the vast majority of the NBAs clearly loves him. I do think this is a situation where the Celtics panned themselves into a corner and they were given away out with. I think the highest return you're going to get for smart as well as a player that makes more sense from a roster standpoint. Now is the, I have concerns too, about like the fit with Porzingis, I don't think it's a slam dunk by any means. Um, I, I'll be curious to see how that actually plays itself out, but to get, you know, what, one and a half first round picks for smart um, to be able to get off, contract contract that you probably are going to try to have to get off anyway. I know they did that separately with number 35, but it, you, the, I think the, the, the rewards should outweigh the risks in this scenario. I think there is too much potential upside here to turn this down, even though from a, it does create barriers and the, the easier, the far easier thing to do would have been to find the landing spot spot for Brogdon. And that clearly was the plan initially, at least to some degree. Whether or not they were going to do both is we can debate. Um, but now, like, once once that Brockton door became too complicated to get through, then this was a deal I think you had to make.
0: So I, I know we don't have a ton of time today, but there's a first thing that I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you have any better read on this than I do. Um, it seems like they're going to extend it. Presumably. I would I would agree with that. That I, I don't have that sourced and reported, but it seems like there's, I don't know if you have, there, there seems to be enough out there from a variety of reporters to make it sound like that's at least being put out. There's enough the smoke team, there. Right? Yeah. No, that's not entire. So if I Brad, asked Brad you know, about
1: it last night too, at his press conference, um at like 2 AM, which yeah, was again, he <laughs> I can't
0: just, answer it. Is as a problem, right? He can't answer it. He so can't so
1: answer long. it, but he, and he, what is he going to say? But like yeah. the tenor of his answer, I uh, leads me yeah. to believe that it would not be surprising at all to see an extension.
0: So it, it doesn't resolve the contract problems then, like, no. It doesn't. So saying that that's what they've done here, it, they, they we were looking for like, OK, will they find a buy opportunity where the value proposition makes sense? Or do you find a player who's so good that you're willing to be like, this is the player who's going to take over for Jalen at some point here when you if you know, if you decide you have to move Jalen, they've kind of middled that. I don't think they've answered that problem. The, the salary that he's going to resign for if they extend him is still going to be substantial. Um, and they didn't move. Rogden. So, like, I don't really see how it solves the financial problem in, in that conversation. Um, no, I
1: think that's fair. I guess it gives them more what they think are more appealing
0: options. Maybe I don't know, but maybe not. Like that can easily go the other way. If the problem is purely one of finances, then not. It's not purely one of finances. But if if you're dealing with a significant issue being finances, like you have to have a place for that player to go where you aren't getting money back. Um, and so having it be a more appealing option like if your concern is financial that doesn't actually like solve that much because if there's nowhere for the money to go this is like the situation that the warriors just had where jordan Poole, you can look at that and be like well his contract's not great right now but if we wait two years then it won't be so bad and he'll score a bunch of points and then we'll be able to trade him for value but it's like no actually we need to trade him for a guy who's going to expire and yeah. chris paul and then go away because we don't, there's no other way to clear the money. You have to clear the money sort of a year in advance with expiring contracts, back to like the 90s, where where these expiring contracts had a lot of value. Um, but if they extend him, if they don't extend him, you look at it and it's like this sort of thing, like where, oh, they pushed a bunch of chips into this one year and basically salary dumped two years of smart and and the exchange was that they thought they would get more talent in a one-year push at it. If they extend him, which I assume is what they're gonna do, then they haven't, again, haven't resolved the financial problems. So I don't think it's a financially motivated thing from that perspective. In some ways, it's a step back from like where they were on their financial, you know, considerations. But on but the floor, then
1: you, you, you yeah. also pick up some assets too to help you maneuver that going forward.
0: Okay. But I mean, ultimately, you're just still dumping money. Like it's, you will just end up giving those assets away to do the same thing that you could have done from, that you haven't resolved, right? Like you've, you've. Exacerbated the problem, but, to and then you think extent. you make a better, but
1: you think you're, you're giving yourself a better chance of winning now. And whether or not they this actually does that is what what you can pride. So be. I just,
0: I guess my point on that just is, I don't, I do not think that there is a financial benefit here involved. So you can only should only really look at it as a, on the court one. Yeah, and, and
1: I think until we see the court, extension, that's non
0: financial like off the court. Fair. But um right. so, my conception of this team, and I think one that has held up pretty well in terms of the level of success of success that they have had. Is that the great benefit of building around two wings. um, And there are drawbacks. Like we've seen the drawbacks of like how they, you know, in in the finals everybody's saying, well, you can't, I can't play a two man game with Jalen and Jason because they're both wings. And it's like, it's not all perfect when you have two wings, but the great benefit of it is that you can build a team that doesn't have any weaknesses. They have not, maybe because of coaching continuity or lack of creativity in some ways or, or a variety of different things, haven't completely um, like actualized this view of the team, but they have built a team over the last couple of years that's had a lot of success that that was built largely that way, where you can say, there's not really a good way to attack this team, or there shouldn't be. Like Things like playing a zone should not work against the Celtics. The fact that they have is sort of what I'm talking about, and like, a lack of... Of vision, maybe in in certain things and how you develop those those things, but they've had a roster that you should not be able to attack that way. Uh, and a big part of that was that they have Marcus Smart, because as soon as you put, if you build your team with Trey Young, that it may work. Steph Curry is wonderful, amazing, but he, they put limitations on how you can play. And if you have a team with Jason Tatum as your best player, and he's the sixth or seventh best player in the league and not the second best player in the league or the first best player in the league, you have to find a way to get every other edge out of it. And the way you can do that is by making a playoff team that doesn't really have a way to be attacked or shouldn't have a way to be attacked. And that can attack other teams in a very wide variety of ways because you don't have any player weaknesses out there. And as soon as you trade Marcus Smart for for Zingas. Like, if you thought that the team was overly reliant on three-point shooting and wasn't creative enough and didn't have good enough ball movement before and that bogged down in the playoffs, like, boy, get ready for that to be worse. And if you thought that they lost the finals last year because they couldn't get away from playing drop coverage when they should have been more versatile or or that they couldn't match the, the way that Miami was able to cycle through different defensive systems to throw the Celtics off balance, boy, get ready for that to be worse. <laughs> like you have made a much more traditional roster here and in some amount given away the advantage that you had before where you had this roster of no real way to it or shouldn't have had a real way to attack it and grant losing grant williams which i assume is also also coming as part of this is another factor in that another very versatile player who could be deployed in a variety of ways and to me like that's going to end up worse in the playoffs like maybe the the answer to all of these things is that jason wins the mvp and then like you can porzingis and brown and the rest of this team is like good enough if he's the best player throughout the entire playoffs and and like does what Jokic did or something but short of that like i think you've made your team worse for the playoffs
1: no i mean from an exposure like defensively your versatility uh certainly takes a hit in those spots with porzingis and for How well he played in Washington this year and how well, you know, his touring protection is there, et cetera. Like, there's like he can, will be targeted by certain teams in certain spots. And that's an area that is, you know, compared to what Marcus Smart can bring you in that capacity is a concern. I will say offensively, you will have, I think, potentially open more doors now, fewer weak spots on the court from a shooting standpoint without smart out there um, you know, in those spots, which again, I'm not, he played well in the playoffs on the whole, I thought compared to past post seasons is what surprised me about the timing of this deal. Like I thought he was of your list of, you know, potential issues that this team had. He was either like not on it or pretty far down the list as far as what went wrong this postseason. Um, if anything, he was, um, you know, rescuing you a few times in those spots. But with that said now, like I think to address, the, the problem that you're talking about right i think that's where malcolm brogdon and all these extra picks you just got come into play like i think you have you can't i'm with you like you can't run it back with what's left here and with grant williams out the door and some veteran signing whatever you get back on the signing tree. like that's not enough that, that this is a roster that would not be inspiring would not make me think you have a better chance to win the playoffs if you use brogdon's money with some future firsts and all these future seconds you have and get actually a guy that can you know give you the different element that smart gave you in other ways that you can afford. That's the deal. I think you have to make now to maximize this now, because like you said, long-term financially, this is not going to help yourself put together a better team down the road. You're not set up for that better now after this deal. So you need to, if you want to push your chips into a degree now, you have to go all the way in, especially with what I imagine are some pretty hurt feelings on Brogdon's end after the way this went down.
0: Yeah. Okay. So again, two things. Like one, I think a a key word you said in there is from a shooting perspective. I agree that from a shooting perspective on offense, they are more dangerous now. Like obviously they traded Marcus Smart for a seven foot three guy who shoots threes. Uh, My point just being like, if you thought in the playoffs or if you think even during the regular season that the problem is that they are too reliant on that particular element of their offense. I don't think that solves the problem. They are a worse passing team now. They were not a great passing team before. They're worse now. They were not a great movement team before. They are worse now. Um, Malcolm Brogdon elevating into a larger role does not really solve either of those problems as we saw last year. Like, the the envision Malcolm Brogdon point guard was very different from the reality of, of what he was as a, as a player. Um, moving off of that, I mean, what you're saying is sort of what was being said after they traded for Ray Allen, right? It's like, if this is the team you have now, it's probably not going to be good enough and you put a lot of resources into it. And then they went out and traded for Kevin Garnett. Like, If they go out and trade for Damian Lillard, and you're like, oh, the vision of this team is just different than we understood, and they're pushing very heavily to win the title this year or next year, then you have to adjust what that looks like. If they trade Malcolm Brogdon for Monty Morris... And then they use the MLE to add another veteran. Like, I don't think that sufficiently changes the way that this team looks. When I say Monty Morris, because I am I still have this thing in my head of like, is Malcolm Brogdon still going gonna to end up in LA at some point for the Clippers? And like, we'll end up with one of the Washington point guards. But any player of that ilk, right? You get the idea of like trying to plug one of what appears to be a deficiency in the roster by moving out Brogdon and maybe using a pick. But you said multiple picks. Like you said Brogdon and whatever else in multiple first round picks. If you're talking about that in terms of like going out and getting another star player or trading Jalen and getting, you know, like that level of upheaval in the roster, then yeah, that would necessitate thinking about it differently and being able to say like we had incomplete information. We didn't know that they were going to go ahead and do this. And does this fit into some larger vision? If that doesn't come and it's roster tweaks and it's trying to balance this and that, I just think you end up back at a point where it's like you traded for a guy who never makes the playoffs. Despite, like, he's a good player. He has difficulty staying healthy. His teammates don't seem to like him. He never makes the playoffs. And for all that, he's very talented and a very good offensive player. And I'm sure we'll make the Celtics' regular season offense, I mean, as much as it can be better than it was last year, because it was already really freaking good, better in some amount. And I think that you're going to run into the playoffs and be like, boy, we don't have a way to defend Giannis anymore, because we just, because we lost Marcus Martin and Grant Williams in this. And we have to play drop coverage so we, by the way, also don't have a way to defend certain other players we might run into. And you end up back at the same point where it's like, well, if we shoot 40% from three, we're okay. And if we don't, oops. Like, I, I just think you end up back there again. um, in, Unless there's something else big coming like i don't i don't and i know there's some people there's a lot of talk that's like well their work is not done they have this and that and i and i guess it depends to me like how much work do you think is coming from here like do you think there's roster tweaks or do you think there's another major thing that's coming down the line soon it's
1: it's probably undecided like i think both options are on the table with them i would imagine internally but i would i'm with you with it like you need to take a bigger swing right now and then it may you're not gonna get like if you're talking, like you brought up a guy like Morris, like no, like that is you need to take like a starter level player. I don't think that there is no Kevin Garnett out there. Damian Lillard, I imagine, is is not. We we know his feelings about like, but like that that those are things that aren't gonna happen based on the the talk out there. But a, a starter level player that you know is. A, an equivalent to Marcus Smart. You're not going to recreate Marcus Smart, but that type of, that gives you something on either end of the floor to either turn your offense into, you know, better from a movement standpoint to take away, to set up these guys to turn Porzingis into the, you know, the, the fifth or sixth best player on this roster, which where as right now, he might be, you know, you could even put, you know, he has better numbers than Derek White. I'd probably take Derek White over him in a, in a vacuum here in terms of like who, what's going to matter. But, I don't know if you like that's – they're set up now to be able to package two first-round picks without decimating their future and a bunch of second-round picks without decimating their future draft stash. And I think that they need to put that to work now and and doing it now as opposed to waiting to the trade deadline to see what's out there is probably the, the preferred um, path, I would think.
0: I mean, I, I, I guess the only thing we can do is wait and see. Um you do still have the financial pressures of all these things that, that are that are hanging out there. Where if they are planning on extending Corzingis and obviously extending Tatum and extending Jalen, although we'll you know, we've talked about what the future holds for that. And extending Derek White, maybe. you know, if he's eligible for an extension later in this offseason, but you'd think keeping him longer term. Uh, and then you go out and you're adding a multi-pick value player it better really work really quick, or you better have a way to pivot back out of that and basically bring the player in and then be able to trade them back out and recoup value or bring a player in who you think will be the player who's going to uh, be the longer term solution. If you assume that Porzingis or, or Brown, even if they get extended will at some point be traded back out and then that will balance your roster or something like that. And you can't answer all of these questions at once. You have to be flexible and sort of roll with the punches sometimes and, and see what, what comes. So, yeah, I mean, I'll wait and see what's what's going to happen. um, But I don't know who the player is that's that's out there that the Celtics will win a bidding war on and that they'll have the financial flexibility to, to go out and get. They certainly exist, but whether or not any of them will move and whether or not any of them will end up with the Celtics or if they view this as like, yeah, no, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, and then pick one from a handful of other options here is a good enough starting five and we have enough bench depth and yeah, we'll turn Grant Williams into a small TPE and we'll sign a veteran and we'll try to develop the, rest of the roster throughout the season and then sort of roll with it. Like that team will win 50-something games. They'll they'll be a high seed. They'll score a ton of points. Like I don't deny that. I'm not saying that they're not a team that can, you know, with relatively good health, even come back and be this, the two seed again with the exact same number of wins or something like that. I just think that your team is now easier they're easier to play against they're easier to understand they're easier to scheme and they're less flexible to answer questions that will be answered up, that will be asked of them and so the things you're sort of hoping to get out of continuity of a year and an expanded coaching staff with better experience and some of those like you you kind of give some of that away by saying like if this roster doesn't have a pretty significant change to it it becomes a very conventional roster of I don't know uh, a team that's going to shoot a bunch of threes and play drop. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll see how that plays once you get to the playoffs. All
1: right. Well, we'll have a week here next couple of weeks. We'll put our heads together. We'll find that player and, <laughs> or we won't. Oh. And we'll be looking at what would be, cause I, I mean, I like your bigger point stands of the playoff, like the playoff stuff with this team now is where everything is ultimately link to boil down to. And, there as things are composed or as with a simpler, more basic fill in the gaps to this offseason now. Like I think those questions will loom larger than ever. But we will get dig into that more. We'll be back again next week uh to see how this plays out. I expect it to be probably a pretty busy week or in a league heading into free agency um with trades and whatnot. We'll see how much the Celtics get into that. Uh give me give me 10 seconds on Walsh Ryan to wrap up here as the uh 10
0: seconds is about all i know about yeah, him um, yes with my with i know both of us are deep experts in in the draft uh Was he, where yes. is he on the big board where is he on the ryan big board uh outside the top 35 because i didn't oh. know he existed until they drafted him <laughs> um i mean well, i know what everybody else knows about him right he's he's they drafting big wings even project big wings i think is always a worthwhile thing to thing to do uh he has no offensive game it seems but he's six seven with super long arms and a nba ready body and a good defender and I think the moves they did around trading back for all that it was hilarious and annoying were actually like very smart and good value moves. The actual pick, God knows. I mean, it's a mid-second round pick. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But refilled the cupboard. Now they got yeah. they no, I mean, like the half their second round up.
1: picks gone. Now now those are bad, at least.
0: And two of them are good. I mean, two of the the second round picks they picked up should be quite good because they're best of picks for multiple teams in, right. in Not Too Distant Future. So those, those should be good. And the first round pick they got next year in the the trade that I hate will... Be fine, but I i just don't. I mean, Walsh, like, if he develops into something, if you get a Jay Crowder out of it, amazing. Uh, if not, you know, it was the mid-second round pick, and that's how it works. Oh, he'll be the start summer lake as of right
1: now, July 7th, flick out because who knows who else is gonna be on this roster at this point. Um, JD Davis show, JD Davis show is true, it'll be a out. two-man game. And- that's probably it. All right. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for more on free agency, all that stuff coming up here. Thanks again for Ryan uh, coming on and Chris Forsberg as well. Make sure you phone Ryan on Twitter at Danger Cart. And uh, we will talk to you guys again next week.